The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report with Dom and Charles. And Dom, you look very happy. Oh, look, I'm so happy at the news that uh, David Cameron is is back as the UK's uh, Foreign Secretary. That's, that's a bizarre story, which we'll get to as well. I'm also happy because um, Barnaby Joyce, Ooh. that great lover of multiple family values, made an honest woman out of Vicky Campion over the weekend. The father of his two boys... Uh, he had the four girls uh, with his first wife, Natalie. That wasn't enough. And now he has two boys. And oh. uh, apparently he even buried the hatchet with his father-in-law. So a beautiful story of love uh, at a bush wedding in Walker. But the oh, main lovely. reason I'm happy, Charles, is that, well, admittedly I'm a little bit late to this. This was an article four, four months old. I'm not very fashionable, as you know. But you know what is fashionable in 2023, Charles? I am. What? Smoking. Smoking is back. It's back? Wonderful oh. news. Yep, oh, great. It's uh, back again. The kids are doing it again. It's all happening. And uh, some of the coolest people in the world are once again fanging ciggies. Well, let's uh, get into it straight after this. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So where to start with this smorgasbord of news, Charles? Shall we start on the on the on the love story just to really make things um, lovely and inspiring? Yes, I think so. Yes, Barnaby Joyce got married, did he? I didn't know. Yes, didn't and even... it's not everyone who knocks up a staffer who actually ends up uh, marrying mm. them. So well done, Barnaby. I'm, yeah, I mean, true love is it's never smooth, is it? It was love at second sight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, love at first. Wife. Um, yeah. Photocopy. I'm not quite sure what she, what she <laughs> yeah. did. So, yes, uh, Staffer was Prince's in 2018. And yeah. uh, that, of course, produced the bonk ban from Malcolm Turnbull. And, and Barnaby Joyce, with typical modesty, said in the past week that um, once Malcolm Turnbull had lost Barnaby Joyce, that was the end of him as Prime Minister. Probably true. So there you go. Yes. But Turnbull wasn't at the wedding, unfortunately, at the Joyce estate. Was there alcohol at the wedding? There was. You There's know? a great photo of, v- of Vicky, right. Vicky Campion smashing a champers. And apparently Joyce warned his guests not to punch on because the media were around. So yeah. I, I presume... That was a joke, and they all got absolutely tanked. <laughs> In my experience, Barnaby Joyce tends to just drink with the media. Like, I've, yeah. I've seen him with out. Barnaby, haven't you? Well, uh, near Barnaby? Near Barnaby, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say weird. I'm sorry to be a bit of a sucker for love, but mm. I can't get mad about this story. There's, there's nothing... I just feel like, you know, he may be a fuckwit. He may be a total cunt. He may be, you know, arguably, probably quite corrupt and, you know, have done stuff that really was against the national interest and indeed against farmers' interests, you know, what with all the mining stuff. But love is love. You love gotta, is love. Yeah. It strikes right. in mysterious places yeah. in the office. And generally, Chuck, there's, a, there's an old-fashioned view now, it seems, that it's a Malcolm Turnbull view that when someone's working for you, you shouldn't really impregnate them mm. um, yes. as a general rule. Uh, but that's, I mean, what are office ethics and workplace safety rules compared to love, I ask you? Well, I, I think they are about, you know, providing a safe workspace for people, particularly women, who mm. are often completely 
whose lives can be destroyed even by um, having those breaches between personal and private lives. I mean, yes, and we've seen many high-profile pri- yeah. examples recently in Australian public life um, where mm. appalling things have happened to women who've gone to work in uh, in Parliament and um, their yeah. lives have been ruined. But, but this, this one example, Charles, and this one example... Yeah, but one example, happened. yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. Vicky Campion's dad... Uh, initially said he wanted to take a shotgun to Barnaby Joyce when he heard of the affair, but now he says he get he gets along really well with his son-in-law. He's probably probably about the same age. Let's be honest. And the the four Barnaby Joyce daughters were absent, but the father-in-law oh. says, look, they're still a bit bent out of shape. They would have been accepted at the wedding, but they were not in attendance. So his daughter's not not huge fans. But look, who are we to judge love and and when it tears a family apart mm. to no, create another family? Exactly. That's that yeah. is not worthy. Or that would be beneath us. Beneath um, us to to comment. Yeah. On. Certainly to make extensive comedy sketches on as we've done in the past. Uh, so there you go. Congratulations, Barnaby and, and Vicky. And she's done well out of it too, hasn't she? Isn't she on Sky News a lot now? Column for the for the telly. She already worked for the telly at the time. Yeah, uh, I think she previously, was. Previously, didn't she? Yeah, she was, she was a staffer. She was one of those News Corp people. I mean, the, diff- the distance between News Corp and being a staffer for the coalition is, it's a porous line, isn't it? A bit like... A bit well, like employee and sexual partner in the well, Barnaby Joyce office. I, I think actually uh, they've now, just to cut costs, they've actually they've now started putting on your News Corp lanyard, the backside is a Liberal Party membership card or a National Party, um, <laughs> just so you don't have to carry around two cards. Oh, it does get very um, inconvenient, doesn't it? So there you go. So that's, a, that's a happy story. Congratulations to them. And congratulations also to David Cameron, the former UK Prime Minister, who is through the... Fairly bizarre circumstances that would only happen in the UK is now the Foreign Secretary, is now the, the Foreign Minister. Basically, they punted a very hard right politician called Sula Braverman. She was the Home Secretary. They moved a guy called uh, Jeremy Cleverly into that portfolio and brought uh, David Cameron out of retirement and into the House of Lords. He's now, I think, Lord Cameron, Charles. Yes. Uh, and look, I think that this is a, a centuries old tradition. Uh, you know, the, Isn't it magnificent to see this, like the coronation? Yeah, that dates back hundreds of years. It's the way the British Empire basically expanded around the world, which was just the history of mediocre white men failing upwards. Yes. So, you know, he went to the right school, failed Eaten. as Prime Minister, and then, you know, like having failed as Prime Minister, there was only one thing for him, is he had to go upstairs to the House of Lords. At this rate, he'll probably end up Definitely an earl or a duke or something like that. He may even become the king. Like I'm he may become the king. King David. Why not? Yeah, and it would totally work, I think, yes. Yeah, yeah. And look, a lot of people are very angry at David Cameron. They sort of see him as, well, he is the person who said, hey, let's have a referendum on whether we should leave the European Union and destroy our economy. And he opposed it. He went, oh, no, yes. yeah. At which he didn't want it to happen, so no. he thought the best way for it to not yeah. happen was to have a referendum on it. See, what he should have um, done is he should have got some tips from Alba. Oh, look. Absolutely. <laughs> Albo could have taught him a thing or two, couldn't he? Yeah. Because the Brexit referendum was much tighter than Albo's one. Yeah. Albo's was 60-40. Cameron's was only 52-48. It was actually quite tight. I kind of feel we should import that style of failing upwards more into Australian well, life. I agree. We need a House of Lords. It's, I mean, you, you can't get unilaterally appointed to a job for life just because you're posh in Australia. It's much harder anyway. Mm. To, I mean, you can if you if News Corp hires you to their board even after you've you know, failed as Prime Minister like Tony Abbott. That's one way of doing it. Mm. But the House of Lords, 
He just got appointed by the government in the mm. UK for a job for life in the Lords with power for life. Yeah. And now he's a foreign secretary without ever the inconvenience of having to be elected. Well, the thing is, we've probably got enough ex-prime ministers now, especially mediocre male ex-prime ministers now, mm. to be able to form a House of Lords. Like oh, it's a very good. And wouldn't and, Tony Abbott love being a Lord? And I think, frankly, you know, maybe Albo would not be, you know, holding on tooth and nail, fighting, you know, the next election, if he knew that, well, actually, or I could just, you know, give up now, knowing that he's going to lose anyway, and because I'm going to get a place in the House of Lords. I don't think Malcolm Turnbull would have taken it. I think he would have seen it as a a demotion (laughs) to be in the House of Lords. Where would the House of Lords be located? Like, where would we, you know where we should put it? Malcolm's place, wouldn't we? Yeah, well, that would be big enough. I was in Menace Island, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I? You know where yeah. I think it could go. Actually, there's a great space in the in the Parliament for it in Canberra. Oh, yeah. what the, about prayer the prayer room. room. The prayer room. <laughs> yeah, yes. The prayer room. We both thought of <laughs> expanded a little bit. Uh, That's it'd right. Be perfect. To, You'd have to, to, to dry clean it beforehand. So the amazing thing too about this um, Sula Braverman story is she wrote, and this is a tradition I really want us to bring in in Australia. Mm. She wrote. The farewell letter. And what happens in the UK is that whenever anyone loses office or whatever or gets sacked, they always get a speech in the parliament to complain and they write a letter. And her letter to Rishi Sunak was just the most undermining letter imaginable. She basically laid out the campaign against him for him to be replaced before the next election, saying he'd failed, he'd done nothing, he'd betrayed her, he hadn't kept the deal. And basically he'd, he'd delivered on none of the things he would, he'd promised to deliver when he became yes. Prime Minister. So it's pretty extraordinary stuff. Well, which is great. I mean, it, is, it does follow a rich tradition that I think was started here in Australia, which is you just stick around long enough to really undermine your party and destroy yes. it. So I believe Scott Morrison actually started that tradition. <laughs> oh, Kevin Rudd did a pretty good job too. Oh, yeah, Kevin uh, Rudd. Yeah. I mean, I've got the letter here. It's quite extraordinary. And apparently she asked for four separate things in return for her support, of which he's delivered none. Oh, yeah. uh, one of them being, by the way, to stop the boats. The whole um, Crosby texter mantra that's made it into UK <laughs> politics as well. And she also demanded all these very far right things, basically suspending human rights in order to to dump on refugees. And um, also some pretty mean some pretty mean stuff to trans people as well, and uh, and particularly trans kids. So Jake O'Rourke has been on board with that one. Look, I, I'm not going to talk for... The British House of Lords, but she sounds exactly the sort of person we'd want in the Australian House of Lords. She would, yeah, she would. She'd fit right in. <laughs> and this, this, her and Tony Abbott, she, they'd, they, they'd they would be in lockstep. They'd love it. I can only surmise she wrote this is because you have no appetite for doing what is necessary, and therefore no real intention of fulfilling your pledge to the British people. So, but you don't need an opposition. Someone needs to be honest. She writes, "Your plan is not working, and we're running out of time. You need to change course." urgently yes and i think i mean the subtext that no one ever says is that by change course uh she actually means change race because i was talking to a british political observer last night who was saying one of the things that's really undermining rishi sunak is the fact that he's not white (laughs) so he got elected because he promised all these far-right things that appealed to the conservative party base yes but then they sort of realised that he was South Asian. And so all the polling suggests that just as long as he could somehow become white, then they'd actually, you know, be more inclined to support him. So well, the interesting thing, this is the thing about Sir 
Pamela Braverman is that, uh, like Rishi Sunak, she is also South Asian. Yes. And the daughter of migrants. And it has been, it's been so inspiring watching Suella absolutely shitting on every migrant in the UK, despite being the, the, the child of one herself. And it's just been so inspiring to see that despite her, her racial background, that's no bar to her being massively racist <laughs> against people of colour in the UK. She's, yeah. she's really done an incredible job. It just goes to show, Charles, yes. um, you know, for so long, people of colour have been excluded from, yes. from being racist politicians yes. supporting the white cause. But Suella shows that um, you can be on board with that and, and it's, she's yes. a real pioneer. Racism doesn't see colour anymore. That's, no. I mean, that's one of the great things. It's, it's a, open to all. It's a real equal opportunity pursuit nowadays. Absolutely. <laughs> the other thing that I should just mention while we're talking about UK politics is I heard whispers last night that they're looking to draft David Miliband for the Conservative Party. Really? So David Miliband ran and lost for trying to become the leader of the UK Labor Party. He, he went mm. up against his own brother, Ed Miliband. That was one of the most fabulously awkward moments in political history. But David's very good looking and he immediately quit politics and went into high finance, right? I thought you were going to say high fashion. No, high finance. He's been doing very well, becoming very rich. There are suggestions, and this may be a little bit defamatory to sort of suggest this, but there are suggestions now that there might be a sort of Malcolm Turnbull-esque turn to his prime ministership because he's very charismatic. Like, he... he and he... Oh. It, it's a, it's a he could thing. He come back as a Tory. He could come back as a Tory. What would the Labor Party do? They wouldn't be able to say, well, he's not Labor, because he is Labor. Like the, the, the Tories would literally run as the Labor Party, and they could win. Oh, that, that could work pretty well. There is actually, I mean, I'm just re- looking at this as you mentioned, I'm quite shocked by this. He did float the idea of running for Labor last year um, yes. in an interview. So he, he was quite keen to sort of put that out there. But he's probably made a bill since then. And once you once you're a billionaire, there's just no way you can support nah, yeah, poor people. If he is the prime minister allowed to come from the House of Lords, because that could be a really easy way to get him in there, isn't it? Couldn't it? Oh, look, I, I don't know. Probably not. Probably the no. one minister who can't. But yeah. oh, look, there's probably a thing. Knowing the UK, there's probably some convention where it can just be anybody, or they can just appoint anyone yeah. they want without needing to be elected. Because yeah. they don't have a written constitution, so there's actually no rules. Oh yeah, they just make at it all. Up. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think. The one person who's not allowed to be Prime Minister is, is, is King the Charles. King. Yeah, the King. Yeah. Except that he probably could be if he wanted to be. What are, who's going to stop him? Well, I think he'd put his hand in the ring. He'd, uh, I'm sure he thinks he'd do a wonderful job. All right, in a moment, smoking is back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. None of the medical advice contained in the Chaser Report should legally be considered medical advice. The Chaser Report. So, Charles, this is this is very good news. I'm I'm normally late to these trends. Uh, four months late is quite uh, soon for me. Mm, yes. Because uh, yeah, there's an article here in the Guardian from from July about how smoking is coming back, and uh, particularly stars like Lily Rose Depp keeping Johnny's legacy of making massive mistakes in public uh, alive. She's been smoking. All the cool kids have been smoking, and um, the vibe seems to be that wellness is finished, Charles, and it's not not before time. We don't care about wellness anymore. Well, this is where I feel like I'm ahead of 
of a curve. I don't actually smoke, but I am very unwell. Just generally out of breath. I, like, my doctor said to me the other day, you might as well be a smoker. Oh, wow. Because, uh, my um, cardio health is just so shot at the moment. I, I'm thinking maybe I should just complete the circle and at the age of 48, take up smoke, smoking for the first time. Well, if, you, it's, if, you, if your body's as bad as if you were yes, a smoker. Yes, might as well get the pleasure. Yeah, why not? I mean, it could compound the effect and kill you, but yeah. at least you'd die cool. You'd die cool. And I think that that's what all the cool kids are after. That's why you take up smoking. And I think part of the reason for that is that vaping's been so popular. Because at first it was just the teens. Yeah. With the sort of cherry flavoured, completely. The yeah. ones that they pretend aren't marketed as kids, but basically are like Cabbage Patch vapes. Yeah. My little vapey. And then the, then the older people got on board as well because they went, oh, hang on, if I take up the vapes, I'll still have a lot of the bad health effects, but I won't be quite as bad as smoking. So we've got the old people to blame, really, for this. I yeah, because now it's like, well, if the old people are doing it, I want to do something else. I know, smoking, no, no old people yeah, smoking. No one's doing that anymore. And this makes me think, Charles, and I, I'm going to be the first to predict this. I reckon, you know what I reckon the next big social network is going to be? Facebook. I reckon the today <laughs> are going to get back on Facebook. I love it. Breathe fresh life into it just because it's so bad yes. and so daggy yes. that uh, they'll make it cool again. They'll, they'll post pictures of themselves smoking yeah. on Facebook. Yep, I love it. So I'm thinking of, t- of taking it up. Do you, do you think I can get away with it? Well, the thing is... I am an asthmatic. You do you do the Facebook thing. I don't think you should do smoking. I think you'd last about three days, Tom. Yeah. But <laughs> then you'd be I in hospital. Bad asthma. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be cool. But, no, I mean, but... What, you should I'd ta- be remembered as this cool guy, wouldn't I? You should take up Facebook again. Or if you want to really be ahead of the curve... Take yeah. up Friendster. Friendster. Yeah. A reference so obscure that very few people listening will even. Okay. This is a thing that existed before MySpace. Yeah, MySpace. Uh, yeah, no, it's yeah, good. MySpace. It's the first social network. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I can make friends with Tom from MySpace. He's he probably no one's contacted that guy in like 20 years. I'll ICQ you the link to my Friendster. Oh, amazing. <laughs> ICQ still exists, you know. I was talking to a friend about this the other day. Oh, really? Um, yeah. It's incredible to just start something and then it just gets eclipsed by a much more profitable version. It's kind of like the Chaser and Batuta, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. I was reading the academic literature on platforms recently and friends to get to like a sentence on the way to the discussions of the ones that actually succeeded. See, that's so, what you, know, you want. You want to be a sentence you in the yeah, history of but something else. you were else. there first. Yeah. First, just not best. That's right. <laughs> that's what it is. So there you go. Three uplifting stories. Charles, we, we haven't um, always delivered an upbeat take on the news. But I think today, oh, yeah. Barnaby Joyce, David Cameron. Um, and by the way, if you want if you want some light reading, just put into your browser the words David Cameron and pig. Mm, and yeah. it'll just make you realise that there's if you're the right kind of white man, there is absolutely no scandal that you can't recover from. I mean, Barnaby mm. Joyce could probably tell you a thing or two about that as well. Who knows if pigs appeared at his wedding? I hope they did. Now, um, the other thing is, just before we go, I do have to assure listeners that I will never replace Dom with an AI bot ever again. We've had a few <laughs> listeners email in saying... Um, Promise never to do that again. It was excruciating. <laughs> I, I haven't heard that one oh. as yet because I'm. I, mean, oh. I must say I felt threatened when I heard the plan, um, but then I remembered the state of AI. No. I must say there are it there was... are a few temporary co-hosts that could have made people miss me probably quite as much. Yeah. It was like, you know what it was like? It was like co-hosting with some sort of preppy FM presenter without a brain. Like, it was sort of, it had no opinions about anything. Like, on the one hand, you know, murder is bad. On the other hand, murder is good. You know, like, that sounds uh, like our time at Triple M, doesn't it? 
Yeah. I'll, I'll listen to that one. That sounds like a great way to make me feel like I'm worth something. I like it. Our gear is from Rode. We're part of the Iconoclast Network. Catch you next week. Catch you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.